0: So playing a progression with just two chords and layering a melodic journey on top is a great way to begin improvising. But soon we'll want to move on to our most common chord progressions, which tend to contain four chords, again that important number four, which offers a simple stable structure while still allowing for complexity. A complexity that just moving between the first and fifth chords doesn't allow for. So you can search for common chord progressions online, or you can just make a chord progression up. If you include the first and fifth chords in your chord progression, then you already have a strong movement structure. You have the pendulum swinging. And then you can simply experiment with what adding other chords sounds or rather feels like. After the first and fifth chords, the chords based on the tonic and dominant degrees of the scale. What might be the next most common chord we'd expect to find in our progression? What would be your educated guess? The median. I thought you might say that. And it is an educated guess, no, because the median establishes the major versus minor quality, but that's already established. We know, we know where we are when we play chords. So the median is much more important as a scale degree or as a note within a chord the median chord in itself is not so important. So think about what the tonic and dominant have in common and then think about what other scale degree might have that in common with them. The fourth? Of course. Perfection. That's what's in common here. No, the tonic is about as perfect as we can get and then we have the two, the perfect fifth and the the perfect fourth. If you search online for chord progressions or for the chords of a song you like, They are very likely to contain the 1st, 4th and 5th chords of the key. The chords built on the perfect degrees. So if you include these chords in your chord progression, then whatever chord progression you come up with, it becomes quite a possibility that it will already exist as a common chord progression. If we were to delete all living memory of chord progressions, the same chord progressions would pop up again. This reminds us of the meaning of perfect, by fact, as made. So we really shouldn't feel shy about reusing chord progressions. This common musical practice is not plagiarism because any sensible and simple chord progression you might come up with is likely to already exist. Now, when we look up chord progressions or generally when we look at chords in regards to the key they relate to, we are most likely to find them written as Roman numerals. So instead of a one for the chord built on the tonic degree, we have an I instead of 5 for the dominant chord, a V. This helps us differentiate chords from other times we use numbers, like when we refer to degrees of a scale. And using Roman numerals also allows us to represent major and minor chords through the use of upper and lowercase letters. Lowercase for minor chords and uppercase for major chords, naturally. So a capital V is a major dominant chord. What chord that actually is, of course, depends on what scale or key we are in what chord is the dominant chord in C major? G major. G major. So one very common chord progression you can expect to come across is one, five, six, four. The chords based on the first, fifth, sixth and fourth degrees of the scale. One, five, six, four applied to a major key and in Roman numerals looks like this. Capital I, capital V, small vi, and then capital I, V. So we have three major chords and a minor chord in this progression. What is the minor chord, the one represented by small vi in D major, if we are in D major? So if A is V, it's B minor. Good, B minor. And I like how, how you thought about it from A. No, because that's a a point that we're very familiar with, it's the dominant, so rather than counting six from the tonic, we can count one from A. Good. So B minor, a B minor chord is the sub chord in D major. So run through all the chords of this progression for me in D major, capital I, capital V, small v i, and then capital IV. So capital I in D major is, of course, D. D. D major. D major. Capital V. A major. Then the small VI. B minor. B minor. And then capital IV. G major. And then G major. Well done. So applying this common chord progression to D major, it sounds like this. And again. If we apply it to C major, it sounds like this. The same, yet different. What chords are these for C major? One, five, six. For major, major, minor, major. Capital I, capital V, small v i, and then capital IV. Tonic is C, major. Dominant G, major. Then we have the submediant chord. So it'll be A major. But it's a small v i. Oh, so A minor. A minor. The submediant chord, when we build a chord... Based on the submediant degree, using the same notes from the scale, we find the minor chord in major scales. And then we have the subdominant chord F major. F major. So that same chord progression in C major is C major, G major, A minor, F major. Now, to set a melody to this chord progression, we have a little more guidance than just using the notes of the key. Each chord creates a hierarchy of notes which most agree with it for use in the melody, those notes which are in a chord with the chord. This depends on the overall context though, but whatever the context, the most likely notes to appear in the melody along with a chord are the very same notes used in the chord, only an octave or more higher to differentiate them from the harmony. So what are the notes of the D major chord, the notes in the chord? D, E, and F. It's D major. Right. So what are the notes of D, the D major chord? You also know D major is a key with sharps. Yeah, F sharp. E. D, F sharp, A, D, F sharp, and A. So F sharp, because it's of the key, but also because when we move from D to F, we cross a small space, no? between E and F, no? So D to F is a minor third. And this is a major chord, so we have the major thirds there between D and F sharp. So the most likely notes to appear in the melody when the D major chord is playing are D, F sharp, and A, the very same notes that appear in the chord. So if we play the chord, the chord is played lower, no? And then an octave or more higher, We can use D, F-sharp and A somehow, and it's gonna make perfect melodic sense. Whatever we do. You see how it's easy? You you made music. (laughs) Easy to play, easy to spend hours just faffing around, right, but as long as you're thinking, Whatever we play melodically, using the same notes of the chord, is going to sound especially fitting. So it's a great place to start when we're improvising or composing. These aren't the only notes allowed in the melody, of course. We can play any note we like, even notes from outside of the key. But the most comfortable notes for the melody will be the same ones occurring in the chord. We can begin there and see what we feel urged to do, surrendering to whatever our inner ear or our fingers are begging of us. Still, we'll mostly be using the same notes as the harmony in the melody, which of course fits perfectly with the chord. But if everything fit perfectly all the time, then music would be a remarkably boring pursuit. So what are the most likely notes to occur in the melody when we play the dominant chord in D major, which is the next chord in our progression of 1, 5, six, 4. What are the most likely notes to occur in the melody when we play the dominant chord in D major? So the dominant is A, um, so we'll get A, E and B. I know you're thinking about it in the order of like, first the perfect fifth, no? But now that we know that we always jump a letter, that it would make sense to jump the letter from A. So you jump a letter from A and you get to C. C and then check if that looks right. So does A to C look right for yeah. A major. It looks familiar from A minor. Right. In that sense, it might feel right, but it's not right for A major. So it's C sharp. Yeah, why? Because you've crossed a, a, a short... A small space between B and C. So it's A, C sharp and E. Exactly. So that's the quickest way to think of these simple chords, the triad chords. The chord they have three notes, all a third apart. Three is everywhere, so they're called triads. So when we play the dominant chord of D major, which is A major, an A major chord, the notes that are most likely to occur in the melody are A, C sharp, and E. The same notes as the chord, of course. The A major or dominant chord in this context. Sounds pretty boring, right? But it fits. So that's where we can start. So we can use a chord progression in this way to find the melody, to pick a melody out from within the chords. The same notes of the chord are at the top of the pile when it comes to choosing notes for the corresponding section of melody. And after those notes, we can add passing notes, notes that connect our tonally important notes together in all different interesting ways. So let's go back to the D major chord, which is D, F-sharp, and A. So we could have a simple movement between those. And then to make that more interesting, we can start adding passing notes. So notes that connect out harmonically structural notes, no? those notes in the melody, which are the same as the harmony. We can call them passing notes. No, They're not defining the main chord in that context. So we can pick a melody from our chords in this way, thinking about theory to guide us, and in the process become forever more musically literate. Whilst we think about all the different relationships going on at once between the pitches and note lengths we choose, there will be two principal ideas that will guide us in our decision-making tension and ambiguity. When are we relieving, sustaining or generating tension and where there is ambiguity about the physical forces at play doing that, about what is actually going on musically? Of course, ambiguity is much more complicated to think about than mechanical musical tension. But as mentioned, the more we think, the more time slows down for our thoughts. So chord progressions are really an endless source of inspiration when it comes to composing. With just one chord progression you can be inspired to compose countless songs and that's even before you transpose it to different keys. If we already have a melody in mind and we want to put chords to the melody, we can of course do what we just did to find the melody within the chord but the other way around. We can look at the notes of the melody to see what chord or chords they might form if played together. So if we have the notes F-sharp, D and B in the melody. In order to identify the chord, the first thing we should see is if we can put these notes in an order in which we are always skipping one note between them. Can you? F-sharp, B and D. Can you reorder those so that we're always just skipping one letter? b d f sharp b d f sharp no so this is a b chord what type of b chord uh f sharp major b major what order did you put them in the notes what did i say b d f sharp so what are you looking at to to check if it's minor or major not the f sharp that's the perfect fifth isn't it i don't know yes i do <laughs> So, it's it's B minor because I'm crossing a short space between D and F sharp. Is that true? Ah, you're very focused on F sharp because there's a sharp there. So, you need to let go of F sharp. There's a sharp there because B to F crosses two small spaces. So, to get our perfect fifth, remember the perfect fifth of B is... F sharp. F sharp. So, forget about that sharp. I think that's what's... Maybe. What do we have from B to D? Uh... Right, so if I'm starting at B, D is the the third, and I've crossed a short space, so it's a minor third, and the F-sharp is the fifth. A minor third from B to D, that's B minor. And if we just have B and D in the melody, what chord is it now? If we just have B and D. If we lose F-sharp. You don't need it, so it's still B minor. It's still a B minor. No, we don't need to include the perfect fifth that is present enough in the overtones of B for our brains to understand what chord this is. But it might open up the possibilities. B minor is the most obvious choice in D major. But if we were in C major, for example, and we only had B and D, and we don't have F sharp in the key but an F, The context of the key then would make it so that B minor would not be the most logical possibility when we encounter B and D together. In C major, B and D would likely be part of what we call a diminished chord if the missing note of the chord is an F, which belongs to C major. Even though the overtone we hear of B is F sharp, the context of the key would suggest a chord with F in it. A diminished chord which is a new chord for us. It's just like the minor chord, but with one very important difference, which you can work out from the notes we've just discussed or by the word diminished itself. So what is the difference between a minor chord and a diminished chord? I've got absolutely no idea. What, where have we had diminished before? Let me play it to you. What is that, Harry? The diminished fifth. So the diminished chord actually has a diminished fifth, B, D and F. That's just like the minor chord with B, D and F sharp, only the perfect fifth has been diminished. Now this is a natural chord in C major, if we build a chord on B using the notes of C major, that's what we find, B, D and F. The diminished chord is written with a little circle to the top right of the Roman numerals. B diminished in C major would be small v, small i, small i, and then that little circle. The Roman numerals would be small because the diminished chord is based on the minor chord. It's just like the minor chord but with a diminished fifth instead of a perfect fifth. So we might have to mentally add some notes when we are working out the chord layer from the melodic layer and there the general context will be important, not least the key we are in. We may also sometimes have to mentally remove some notes when we're trying to work out the chord corresponding to a melodic section. We might have what we called passing notes in the melody, notes which are not from the harmony, but rather make the journey between those notes that are more interesting. So maybe with our movement between F sharp, B, and D, we played some little connecting passing notes. So instead of having in our melody, maybe we have. So we'll have to remove that mentally from our melody when we're working out what is the underlying chord in our melody. So we can start with any musical layer and build the rest of the layers of our music around it. But beginning with the chord progression is an awesome way to get composing and especially improvising your own music. A general focus on chord progressions as you listen to music will also serve you and in no time you won't find it hard to sieve out and identify simple chord progressions by ear, either because you have gotten used to playing them or hearing them around. Chord progressions can also act like a gateway into a genre of music you might want to play. Different genres of music tend to have their preferred chord progressions, so you can search for chord progressions for tango if you like tango or... Rock, punk, reggae, psychobilly, it's all there.